Welcome to the Maritime Executives Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner Podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive. Welcome to the Maritime Executive Magazine's podcast series, In the Know. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Tony Munoz spoke with four top officers from Coalition Task Force Sentinel, an eight-nation maritime security partnership that guards against malign state-sponsored activity in the Strait of Hormuz, Gulf of Oman, Red Sea, and Strait of Bab el-Mandeb. Joining us on the call were Commodore Adrian Fryer of the Royal Navy, the Task Force Commander, Lieutenant Commander Dudley Malster of the Royal Navy, head of its operations department, Lieutenant Commander Danielle Centeno of the U.S. Navy, its Maritime Trade Officer, and Lieutenant Commander Charles Banks, the Task Force's Public Affairs Officer. For the details, listen in on our conversation. Welcome to the Maritime Executive. My name is Tony Munoz. I'm the Editor-in-Chief. With me today is Paul Benecki. He is the Editor uh, of the Americas and Europe. Today, we have with us the Coalition Task Force Sentinel. The coalition is the operating arm of the International Maritime Security Construct, which was set up to monitor commercial traffic in the Arabian Gulf in 2019. It coordinate uh, the efforts for eight nations to counter maritime security threats in the region. Commander Fryer, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your mission? Yeah, so uh, greetings, Paul and Tony, and first of all, thank you for having the uh, International Maritime Security Construct and uh, Task Force Central with you today to, to tell you our, our story. So I am Commodore Adrian Pryor, Royal Navy, and it's a great privilege of mine to serve as the commander of Coalition Task Force Sentinel. I've got a background of 30 years in the Royal Navy. I'm a surface warfare officer by trade, so I've spent a lot of time at sea and a fair portion of that time in the Middle East region, so I know this area very well. So not only is it a, an honour to command this team, but it's also a privilege to, to work in this area as well, to do the job that IMSC and Sentinel does in order to protect maritime global industry through the protection and reassurance of maritime trade. Thank you. And can you introduce your staff with you? Yes, of course. So just to the left of me, I have Lieutenant Commander Charles Banks to his left. I have Lieutenant Commander Dudley Molster, Royal Navy, who's my uh, squadron ops officer. Uh, and then to his left, I have Lieutenant Commander uh, Daniel Centino, who is my maritime trade officer. Thank you very much. We've uh, received um, many notices from your organization. We're, we're very pleased to be able to share that with our readership. And, and it is of great interest. So you, your, your mission does have many concerns for the commercial maritime industry and, and, and the region, for sure. Uh, can, you start telling, can you start by telling me the history of the CTF Sentinel and how it's developed over time? So, so thanks, Tony. So, um, so Coalition Task Force Sentinel was established in, in 2019, and that was as a, a direct result of a significant increase in malign activity throughout the Middle East, which are otherwise known as the maritime crossroads of international shipping. These incidents, they have impeded the free flow of traffic within this area, and that is breached with international law. And it does endanger the international rules-based system, which we all 
rely on to provide freedom of navigation at sea, and that does impact global economy. So this is, is clearly an international problem, and it clearly requires an international solution as well. Therefore, you know, we must all work together to ensure that the flow of trade through this region is unimpeded as well. And that is vital because it is so important to the global economy and regional prosperity. So along with establishment of CTF Sentinel in 2019, we also established the International Maritime Security Construct, otherwise known as IMSC. And the reason for that was to provide international legitimacy and partnerships to provide reassurance to the merchant shipping industry, not just in the Middle East, but throughout everybody passing through this area uh, for global trade as well. So we do this through a contribution of partner nations, through a multinational force of ships, personnel, and a set of advanced capabilities that give us the ability to promote the freedom of navigation in the Arabian Gulf, through the Straits of Hormuz, into the Gulf of Oman, through the Gulf of Aden, and through the Babel Mandev Straits, and into the Southern Red Sea. So then beginning in 2019, with only a few partner nations, we have grown to what we have now, which is eight partner nations, and they include Albania, Bahrain, Estonia, Lithuania, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, and the United States. And all those countries have taken to heart the need for this freedom of navigation, uh, and they've all pledged to help regionally uh, stabilize this area for the commercial shipping industry to help support global trade. And, and in a nutshell, that is our mission. So that was IMSC. So Coalition Task Force Sentinel is the operational arm of IMSC, so the military side of it that allows us to give that, that reassurance to the, to the trade as well. But the, the key point to make here is that our strength, both as, as IMSC and Coalition Task Force Sentinel, comes from our partner nations. So throughout partnerships, gives that international legitimacy on the world stage, and that gives us that ability then to provide that reassurance to the maritime trade industry. So the construct is made up of eight nations. If you could, could you help me with the, who they might be? Yes, of course. So the construct is made up of eight nations. So the International Maritime Security Construct is made up of Albania, Bahrain, Estonia, Lithuania, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Excellent. And if I might ask, what is the amount of vessels that are entering the Arabian Gulf? Well, the area that, um, that we're responsible for, it covers quite a large area, so from the northern Arabian Gulf to the Straits of Hormuz, Babel Mandeb, and up into the Red Sea. Uh, and that contains two of the world's most strategic maritime choke points where the, where the seas narrow and ships have to go through a confined bit of water. So the reason that those are so important is that it confines their navigation um, and they've all got to funnel through a, a, a small area. So what we are seeing is that on average about 42,000 vessels transit through the Straits of Hormuz and Babel Mandeb Strait every year. So that, that sounds like a lot, it is an awful lot and when you break it down further the figures are even more staggering. So throughout the Straits of Hormuz 20% of the world's energy supply flows through the Straits of Hormuz every year, hence you know, why it is such a, a maritime crossroads and strategic part of the world for the global economy. What are the uh, primary maritime security assets that you, the CTF has available to address threats? Well, we have a variety of assets. So CTF Sentinel brings with it lots of different assets. So we pull on assets from each of our member nations. In the area, there is a, a continual footprint of 
chips from the US and, and the UK, also from Bahraini, um, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates uh, as well. So we have a variety of assets ranging from cruisers and destroyers that can act as what we call sentinels out in the Straits of Hormuz. And occasionally we have larger ships that are passing through that help us with our mission. And then on a day-to-day basis, well, we also have smaller units, such as the patrol craft uh, from some of our other partner nations, which are uh, really important to us because they provide a constant surveillance and constant presence within our area. Uh, and on top of that, we have plenty of air assets as well. So we have a um, you know, very good set of air surveillance assets that can cover a wide range of area very quickly and give us a very good picture of the area of operations. The CTF plays a critical role in detecting, deterring, and exposing malign state-sponsored activity in the maritime domain. Can you tell us about the role and to the extent that is unclassified that state-sponsored threats to maritime commerce in the in the region? Hi, Tony. Dudley uh, Molster here. Yeah, I'll take that one on board. One thing you'll hear is emphasized often is the importance of information sharing to our mission. Our watch team at Task Force Headquarters monitors the maritime domain 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Through that information flow, we can then notify and provide direction to the maritime assets to support the mission. We'll have aircraft, cruisers and destroyers, or the smaller patrol boats known as Sentinels and Sentries, which can help that mission status. From these coalition warships and aircraft, and the design to discourage activity aimed that threatens the freedom of navigation of those merchant vessels, it encourages the merchant vessels to, to report suspicious activity. And that way we can then coordinate and contact sentinel sentries or aviation within the area to proceed and support the emerging incidences. I'd like to contextualize that just a little bit with a sort of vignette. Stena Blue Sky, for example, on the 5th of August 2020, the UK flagged motor vessel Stena Blue Sky um, hailed USS Ralph Johnson because the motor vessel was being harassed on the, and, on the radio. The Ralph Johnson was on assignment as a sentinel, and when he quickly received the call, it was able to proceed to the scene, but also make a VHF calls, which quickly ended the harassment uh, because of the actions that uh, were audible over VHF and the concept that the ship was coming. And the reason for this is states do not like to be exposed when undermining the international rules-based system because exposure tends to damage their legitimacy. So again, it pushes that legitimacy of our mission in enforcing the rules-based system. Okay. In terms of resourcing and assets, how do CTF Sentinel's partner nations work together to achieve by your missions? Thanks. I'll take that question. Lieutenant Commander Banks here. In terms of resources, information sharing is our most valuable resource. As Lieutenant Commander Dudley spoke to, the, the importance of partnership here can't be, we can't overstate that enough. And, and so information sharing is, uh, is very key. In essence, in this region, you can imagine there's a lot of interest. As we spoke to the economic side, there's military elements, several nations involved. So the centuries and sentinels, as we discussed regarding our, our surface assets, they're, they're equipped with communication of suites that enable them to effectively engage maritime vessels who become concerned or are distressed 
and they, they're able to relay information to CTF Sentinels, UKMTO, and various regional na um, naval operation centers. So each of the Gulf nations, Bahrain, KSA, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, UAE, they have naval operation centers. And if you can imagine each of these headquarters, in essence, being able to communicate, update the maritime do domain awareness picture, and that free flow of information allows us to protect the, the maritime security. Great. And so what is a typical day like for your forces? I would like to take that question because I would love to take the opportunity to brag about <laughs> CTF Sentinel um, and the camaraderie we have. Uh, our, our headquarters is made up of an international team with a common objective, and that's to maintain those strategic sea lines of navigation for commercial shipping. And this trade area is hugely important, as we know. So every person and every nation brings a wealth of Navy knowledge, brings professionalism, and really takes pride in the mission. Our watch floor brings together two very important lenses. The one lens is the monitoring of commercial shipping, and the other lens is really managing those naval assets to provide that presence and overwatch, which you've heard us say already a couple of times so far, and that's to the, to the commercial shipping. Now beyond the watch floor, our headquarters staff members are employed with anything from planning naval exercises, uh, attending and planning industry conferences, facilitating key leader engagements, um, usually invo involving our Commodore, Commodore Fryer, and other military and industry leaders. Communication is really at the forefront of our operations. We regularly are coordinating with other maritime security organizations, engaging through traditional and social media. So follow us on Twitter and, <laughs> and our website. I'll put a little plug in for our N9. Well, we really aim to Good share call. relevant information <laughs> and, and to encourage the maritime domain awareness in support of that international rules-based system, which uh, is, our, is our main focus. Great, thank you. And so I think you guys have covered this pretty well on previous answers, but what does CTF's mission mean for civilian mariners transiting the region's waterways, and how does the task force inter interact with the commercial maritime industry? Yeah, so I'll take that. I am, again, the Maritime Trade Operations Officer for CTF Sentinel. And as Commodore Fire mentioned, one-fifth of the world's energy passes through the Straits of Hormuz. So our Sentinels and Sentries are providing overwatch for over 200 merchant vessel transits a month through the Straits of Hormuz and the Bab el-Mandeb Straits. Super important. That translates to approximately 18 million tons of cargo. So uh, regular engagement with the commercial shipping industry is hugely important and central to our effort. You mentioned our notices before, I think Mr. Munoz did. One way we interface with industry is through our bridge cards. These are kind of the aid memoir that we distribute out to merchant shipping, to, excuse me, seafarers, that essentially provide some sort of pre-planned responses to any kind of event. We also publish the Sentinel Watch which is a monthly newsletter capturing the latest security incidents and reporting guidance. If you're not on our distribution list, please feel free to reach out and I'll get you on it. We host and attend and present at the Maritime Security Conferences. Uh, as you know, our last conference 
the stakeholders conference, directly targeting commercial shipping community, and also reaching out to flag state authorities um, and company security officers directly. We also engage with key industry leaders, particularly the Merchant Navy Liaison Officer, at least on a weekly basis, just to share information. In general, and in summary, industry is really high on our priority list. And at the core of that is the seafarers on board and their safety. Excellent, excellent. Well, it sounds like you're very lucky to have your overwatch. You know, I know security has been a critical concern in the region for uh, a very long time, and especially the last couple of years. So I'm sure everybody is very grateful for your efforts. And so looking ahead, what does the future full-time security picture look like in, in your areas of operation? You know, are there trend lines in GPS disruption, risk of state-sponsored attack, uh, et cetera, that the Mariners should really be aware of going forward? So Paul, yes, uh, you know, Commodore Farrar, I'll, I'll take take that one. No, you know, hugely important subject to, to discuss. The the maritime threat in across the whole globe is 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 changing significantly as technology advances, etc. And there are you know historic threats, traditional threats, and there are new threats emerging, as you hinted at with the, the GPS there as well. They're all relevant in our area to some degree, some to more, and some to a lesser degree as well. But I think if we take a step back from the sort of actual threat itself, the, the understanding of the geopolitical picture in the Middle East is, is far more important. And as I'm sure you and your listeners will be aware, that, that changes on a not so much daily basis, but a, a weekly basis. And it, it has done, you know, in as far as people can remember in sort of in living history as well. So it's a it's a fascinating and very diverse area to work in and the tactical picture is driven by the geopolitical and strategic picture. You know, but that said, you know, it, it, it makes it a very dynamic area to, to work in. And our focus here in IMSC is our, our mandate is to face state-sponsored malign activity. You know, and because it's relatively narrow against that state-sponsored malign activity, we have a very good indication of what the, the threats to vessels are currently, whether it be from limpet mines, boardings, harassment, seizure, etc. But then going to the second part of your question about what the future brings for that, you've hinted at uh, GPS, and while I'm sure you'll appreciate I can't talk about the specifics of the technology of GPS denial, etc., we are looking at you know, the future technologies and how quickly they can be developed by, by our adversaries and how then we can counter that, but make sure that the maritime awareness is, is there as well to help them out. Great. And it sounds like uh, you guys are, are very, very busy and probably very closely attuned to the news and the intelligence of the day. So what could command use most in terms of additional capacity or resources to counter these threats? You can draw on the, the assets and resources of, of eight partner nations, but what could you use most in terms of additional support, if any? So I think, um, you know, Paul, another good question. I think additional support is... You, I'm, I'm sure everyone you would ask would always say, oh, I need something else, I need this, and I need this. And, you know, it's a, unfortunately, the world has only got finite resources. So, but that said, you know, honestly, I'm in a very fortunate position with IMSC and Sentinel that we do have some very good and some very capable resources here. Now, obviously, I would like more. I'll never say no to more. But I, I honestly believe we have enough to do the mission in hand and provide that reassurance you know, at sea. And, you know, even though we're just less than two years old as an organisation, we are a very well-established organisation within the area as well. But again, if we take a step back, what gives us our 
legitimacy is our international partnerships and partner nations. So I would welcome you know, all other nations as well to, to look at IMSC and see if they want to become you know, a, a partner with IMSC to help support you know, the international legitimacy of freedom of trade at sea. Great. Excellent. Excellent. And so if, if Mariners would like to get in contact with your team or if a shipping company would like to get in contact with your team, is there some place that they should reach out to, perhaps your website directly or an email or a phone number for, for outreach? Absolutely. We would love um, for um, all seafarers to be able to um, take a look at our website. It's imscsentinel, no spaces.com. Great. Okay. Great. We'll include a link to in the, uh, in the text portion of this when it goes on our site. So we'll give you guys a little shout out there. We greatly respect what you're doing in the region. It's an honor to speak with you all. I know that you're working to keep the trade lanes open, keep commerce moving, and um, we thank you for your, your service. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology, business, and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry.